is the Go Blue Crew. Hello and welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, Michigan owns the number one seed in the college football playoff. They got it done by beating Iowa for a third straight Big Ten championship. I was there. I hope in the last three years, if you're a fan, you got an opportunity to come to Indianapolis and take in a really great atmosphere. Three uh, not very stressful games, just a lot of fun. And and Michigan now goes to a third playoff, and we'll see if they can finally uh, get a semifinal win under their belts. But what do you think of of the game against Iowa? Very boring game, I would say, but um, one of those times where you really, really don't care how they win. They just have to get it done. Yeah, that's the reality of a really any week, I guess, but especially a championship week. First, I thought you were going to say Michigan owns Iowa at the beginning. Um, I don't know why that. I thought you'd say that. I don't think it'd be wrong to say that. Uh, you know, two out of the last three years in the championship and, and beat them on the road. It Again, it, being at the Ohio State-Michigan game, you know, being stressed during the Penn State game, maybe even the Maryland game, you just didn't feel a whole lot of stress heading into this one. I mean, I, I had predicted nine points after really contradicting myself last week because, I, you know, I was going to take the uh, the under on the .5 total halftime points for Iowa. I mean, they didn't score. That was score. very, very popular talking point around town on Saturday and at the game. A lot of Iowa fans poking fun at themselves saying they they took the over on the point five. I sat by a fan who had like 50 bucks on over 0.5 in the first half. I mean, I, maybe in the first half it was. I'd have to go back and watch or maybe you remember. Did they make it past the 50 in the first half or was that not until the second half? Because there was a while there where they had to make it to the 50-yard line. I think they... So the and when they did, it was because a punt fumble. bounced 20 yards backwards, I'm pretty sure. And I think that was in the first half. Okay, yeah, it could have I been. think. Though, games like that that are long, dull, and boring, and full of punts, you really, for me personally, you really lose track of what happened when, especially oh, a yeah. minute detail, like when did Iowa cross the 50? <laughs> uh, because, yeah, when you're looking at a championship game and you're wondering at what point did the opponent cross the 50-yard line, that's all you need to know. I mean, the funny part of the night, at least, you know, being a, being a fan from afar, uh, scrolling the, uh, the X posts and, you know, watching on TV is everyone, you know, saw the game-winning field goal right away. And it's, you know, it's funny at the time. It's funny now. Like, yeah, Michigan's field goal early on what, their second possession maybe? Uh, that was all they needed to win that game. And that's. And everybody knew it there. Everybody and, knew and everybody it. knew it. Like, and it was so, up. like, you never, oh, you never feel good about, oh, started with a field goal. Like, that feels like a win for Iowa. The halftime score, no. a win for <laughs> Iowa. What was it, 10 0? Um, it's just, it's. It's one of those games where, unfortunately, and I think it will change moving forward, but unfortunately, it's just not as exciting as other games on the schedule. And unlike, you know, the first matchup with Iowa and even the matchup last year with Purdue, outside of, you know, can Michigan continue to, to 
beat the adversity, the self-inflicted adversity, you know, beat the odds, uh, beat the cheating scandal, you name it. It's more boring this year than the last few, not only because of the Iowa opponent um, not having any offense this year, but the fact that, you know, sadly you go into this game and you assume Michigan's going to win, and and when they win by blanking the opponent, yeah, it's cool to see the post-game celebration to see Jim Harbaugh say bet on the microphone to see the handshake that never happened. Uh, I guess it did before, but not on TV with the new commissioner and, and Jim Harbaugh himself. But, you know, for me, it's just anticlimactic. And, and let me tell you this, my wife, bless her heart, has been more into college football, Michigan football than ever before. And, you know, listens to all of the post-game interviews. Sunday will come around. Did you listen to the post-game interview? You can pull it up on YouTube, on the TV. You know, she wants to listen to every time Harbaugh talks. And that's awesome. You know, can't can't sign up for something better when you get married than that. But even she fell asleep at the end. I mean, it was just, oh it was 1130. God. It was boring. Iowa had no chance. And, and yeah, you know, your only anticipation was what seat are they going to be? And for me... I had bought Rose Bowl tickets on Friday, you know, getting them at a lower value than they were going to be when the game was announced, hoping for that. So for me, any nervousness was, hey, am I going to lose out on these tickets or did they play not good enough to where Washington jumps them and picks the Rose Bowl? So in terms of being a betting man, you know, I guess I took a bet by buying tickets early. Um, But yeah, that was really all I was rooting for is a win so Michigan can select the Rose Bowl. They really ought to have the option to flex games, like in the NFL. You do not need Michigan-Iowa prime time on Saturday night. You know, like that's... that's yeah, not when Alabama and Georgia... I mean, and, and no. 4 o'clock's not a bad window. It goes into the evening hour, and, and I think, you know, not as high as the Michigan-Ohio State, but probably the second most viewed game of the year by a I long think it shot. Was, yeah. Um, not a bad time frame for a Saturday, but yeah, the, the nightcap was about as boring of a, a nightcap as you could have as a general college football fan. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's only the the Michigan-Iowa game we're talking about. And, of course, Florida State-Louisville played also, which was uh, – I obviously couldn't watch it, but under I understood it was not very exciting either. With – you know, we talk about, like, get the win, uh, claim your conference title, move on. Like, that's all good. But are we concerned at all about a, a little bit of a dud, you know, going into the college football playoff? Or do we just kind of mark it up to, well, you're playing a really good Iowa defense. That's kind of what Iowa does to everybody anyway. You don't see a lot of teams like have really good offensive days against the Hawkeyes. So are are we going with, ooh, that's a little concerning? Uh, or is it, hey, that's what happens when you play Iowa? Mix of both. I think for me... You play Ohio State a great defense and Iowa a great defense back-to-back weeks. They both presented their own challenges. The difference is Ohio State could score and Iowa couldn't, and so that's why the game wasn't close at all. But you've played two really, really good defenses in back-to-back weeks, uh, top defenses in the nation, and you boast the top defense in the nation, really, overall. And so you have survived some tough matchups. Um, you always know that a team like an Alabama, which we'll get into, is going to have, you know, the playmakers, the athletes, the depth 
on the defensive side of the ball. And they have, you know, their good, solid defense as of late has won them or kept them in games and allowed them to win. But yeah, I, I guess it was a dud and it, it felt like as much as Iowa's defense presented challenges that, you know, like I, I can think of JJ to Colson Loveland, you know, across the middle of the field and all he has to do is catch it and turn and he's probably heading towards the pylon. Yeah. Out running the defenders and, and, you know, just some uncharacteristic um, tight end drops some you know, a couple of those uh, not so great JJ throws uh, where he's not exactly on target. Should have and, been at least one interception. Yeah. One, one where he absolutely threw it to the defender. Um, for me, I guess get that dud out because in what has been really dominating performances in the last two big 10 championships against lesser than opponents, uh, you know, dud against Georgia, a really good team two years ago and just could not do anything defensively, uh, even with a good defensive unit last year against TCU, uh, and couldn't avoid making costly mistakes, you know, two chances in the red zone to, to score uh, a touchdown, you know, especially that could have been one with Roman Wilson, by the way, Roman Wilson in those calls in the end zone, like makes you nervous like against TCU and all Michigan fans thought he could have been in and then they end up fumbling it. Yeah. Um, that same drive. Like there he is again against Ohio state controversial call, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's always Roman Wilson for some reason, uh, Roman Wilson catching off a guy's back on the road against Nebraska. You know, that could have gone the other way if they didn't feel like he had possession. So somehow he's always in those, uh, you know, really closely reviewed plays, but yeah, I mean, what they didn't do is play well, well enough into semifinals and so maybe this is you know two duds in in three weeks you know calling the the maryland one a, a close to a dud um it's either that's the team you are or maybe you've found a way to you know just win by any means necessary but can you take that um especially defensively and, and find some sort of momentum heading into the college football playoff that maybe you lacked in prior years Probably the most concerning part was the the lack of protection J.J. McCarthy was getting. I mean, he was under constant duress back there. You understand things are going to be a little more vanilla probably when you're playing Iowa because, one, it's a very opportunist, opportunistic defense. Um, but also you, you just don't – like you don't need to do anything extraordinary. You just got to put up like 13 points and you feel like you got a pretty good chance to win. Uh, one thing you don't appreciate, I think, watching t- like the the broadcast version on TV is how often after a play, Roman Wilson is like 30 yards downfield jogging back or having to go to the sidelines to get a quick break. Um, I was just waiting on something like a, the attempt to take the top off the defense and at least show them like this is something we're going to do. You might want to show a little more respect for it. Uh, that never came, and I get that's a function of play calling against a team like Iowa. But you know, as you're going up against another really good defense in Alabama in the semifinal, keeping JJ McCarthy upright on his feet, able to make plays, um, not constantly in scramble mode where he can be really good, but where he can also definitely make some of his costlier mistakes. That's just the thing that stuck out to be to me most aside from just a general kind of lackluster performance, it's like, Hey, your quarterback uh, was under a lot of pressure against uh, a team that, you know, if you've 
fumble the ball a couple times or you, you throw that pick six, like that's really all they need sometimes to get going and win, to, win a game. And it never happened, but it just felt like, you know, they, like Iowa came close to making it happen a couple times. That was the most concerning part. Yeah. JJ's health, time to throw, um, ability to run. I mean, those will all be crucial. Very concerning to see him go down as many times as he did. And, you know, Dan Mullen was really pulling for Florida State to get in. And one of the things that he said that stood out to me that can relate to Michigan's offensive line is, like, you know, give Florida State credit for for beating Florida in a way that they did without with their quarterback going down with a devastating injury. And then you, you know, you win a game, a very ugly game of the third string. And his case was, you know, give a new quarterback time to take those first team reps. You could say the same after Zach Zinter goes out. I mean, losing Zach Zinter is huge. I mean, a, a captain, a leader of the offense, a, a going to be a, a high draft pick. So hopefully Michigan can find a way collectively as a line to play dominant football, but it definitely doesn't help you know, playing Iowa, uh, a really good, sound, smart unit of a defense and being down uh, a crucial offensive lineman. Uh, they've had to shift things around, obviously. So feel fortunate that they have some time to, to game plan. But yeah, that would be a huge part of it is you're throwing someone new in there. Uh, the rotation looks a little bit different and you're facing, a, you know, a defense that obviously took advantage of that and just their ability to get to the quarterback. And so I think I think concerning one of the things that I think was unique though, and it's really easy to say, you know, way more impressive to to find a way to win against Iowa when their offense sucks and you know, find a way to win against Maryland and a tough one. But what I did like is even though the offense struggled, they took advantage of good field position. Uh Samaj Morgan for the really the first time that I can think that he returned a punt, all he does is set a big big ten record. And again, Iowa's best player with uh, Cooper DeJean out is their punter. And so in a, in a category that should have easily been tip of the cap to Iowa, uh, found a way to get a big return. Yeah. And, and yes, the gunner did eventually run Samaj Morgan down. He ran out of juice there, but that's a huge play. And then the offense, of course, for Iowa sucks, no way around it, but you forced them into turnovers. And so the the way to be an hear, offense that's not good is to also make that offense make mistakes. And, and Mikey Sanders still was you know, so close to also adding a pick to his resume that game and very deserving of, of player of the game, by the way. Uh, that was one thing that was clear all the way through the game. And, and I think when you win a game that you're supposed to win because Iowa's offense sucks, but the defense plays that well, and then your special teams does some things, Can you I definitely feel like that's even more important. I mean, you, you can't win a game and, and unless two out of your three units do their job. And where the offense might have been lacking against Iowa's stout defense, uh, Michigan's defense and special teams really carried the weight. And yeah, I mean, you're a three uh, good performances from three position groups away from winning a college football playoff game for the first time. Well, hopefully that is exactly what happens. Uh, one thing before we go here that I think is funny, and I most people probably missed it because I don't think it ended up on uh, the TV version. I think it was just an in-game promo thing but they did a um you know secure delivery of the game or something you know kind of dumb like that i think it was like a military promo but it's basically the uh pass of the game and there was no obvious candidate because it was just kind of a boring 
offensive game on on both sides even with Michigan winning so they chose like a eight yard out route that that J.J. McCarthy connected with I think Cornelius Johnson on and it was a very mundane play um everybody in the stadium at least everybody around me was like okay well I guess they had to choose something didn't they so that was kind of funny Uh, we'll get back next week um and get more into the playoff stuff um I'm sure we both have some thoughts on the way the rankings played out with Alabama kind of sneaking in there at the number four spot I'm sure we agree that we would uh, much rather uh, see Michigan play Florida State than Alabama Texas obviously got in there too and then Washington um, is isn't uh, is at the number two spot so we'll get into all of that then next week and it'll be fun and we can finally you know really start hunkering down for yet another college football playoff uh, semifinal game, this one against Alabama. So until then, take care out there and go blue.